You're listening to C3 Church Vancouver Podcast. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Human excitement and the Spirit of God, you just got to let it out. Yes. Praise God. Well, we probably woke the neighbours up. And uh, they know we're here now. We'll find, we'll find moderation at some point. But I'm not too quick to look for that. I just want you to be really happy and on fire and, and go for it and let it out. Have a good look around the place before you go. Like Rose is saying, lots of work still to be done. And uh, this is a place, uh, uh, a work in progress. Uh, Mike made a comment on the video at the opening there. If you didn't see it, we might be able to throw it up at the very end after all said and done. And uh, we're taking on a sort of a tour through the building with different ones of the leaders saying what we envisage for it. And uh, um, Mike was saying very clearly that there are phases in what we're doing here. We've got it all mapped out and planned out. And here's another thing. We're going according as we can afford it. That's right. All right? So, yeah. you know, we've, we've pushed some boundaries, we've stretched ourselves, but we're not going to go deep down into uh, wallowing debt as a church. And neither are we going to kind of be pressuring you, but we are going to be putting the need before you. That's right. I think that's wise. I think that's good. Uh, George Mueller, who was most famous for raising a work of faith at children's homes, and everybody says that he... He uh, never asked for money. Well, no, he didn't. He just had his accountant sent out a list of needs every year. <laughs> That's all. And we're going to present to you a list of needs and just let you know this is, this is what it is. We're going to tick off on the shopping list, we call it, uh, what we've bought. Uh, you know, this week we've got a trestle table here. We've got a top being made for it. Uh, we've got a TV, the big TV out in the kids' room for the... Uh, media out there. Uh, what else? And, oh, the doormat at the door. The tea, the, 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 the coffee. The trolleys. You know, um, coffee on wheels. Uh, the red chairs. The three red chairs. No, I'm going with the budget. Those are extras. Okay. These are, these are things that you've given to and were purchased in the last week. Isn't that awesome? So yeah. thank you very much. We're just going to keep that going. We've got, we've got uh, a screen coming hopefully this week yeah. that's been paid for. Uh, we've got uh, the, the, you know, the, the short row video is going to come up. Big screen is going to reach out about a foot on either side of the wood. You're going to see some at the top and some at the bottom, so you won't lose the BC effect. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, we have a bigger, a wider screen because we are not a small screens church. Uh, we are not. Uh, this has been very hard for us this morning. <laughs> After 40 foot of screen. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've had $5,000 given towards an $8,000 project on the Woo! screen. Isn't that amazing? So, that $5,000 came from another province, from another church. It just wow. said, not even a C3 church. It's amazing. We keep giving like that, playing on the slippery banks of a the river, they might become a C3 church. But anyway, so if you were here last week, we handed out a little thing called the Crosstown Shift. And uh, if you uh, would like to see the shopping list, um, it's all there. It just hasn't got the recent uh, cross-offs. Or ticks of those things that I've just mentioned. But next week we will be putting them out, and on a regular basis we'll do that uh, just to keep you up to date and uh, let you celebrate the goodness of the Lord to us. But if you want to know uh, where it's at, 
marking that uh, is uh, is just not enough. You yeah. know? Uh, honestly, there's no there's no words. And uh, and you know, so many others who I would come in here and there'd be people painting, people working on stuff all through the month uh, to late hours. Um, uh, Matt and Rose organised the team, got the guys in here, got them working and girls, uh, and uh, and uh, just. You know, just did so much in terms of time and effort uh, to lead, and all the leaders have really led well. I, I can't stop on this too long, but there's a great text in the book of Judges where it says, uh, in the sort of gasping of praise to the Lord for the great victory uh, that Deborah brought, she says something like this, Oh, that the leaders led in Israel. And uh, the leaders have just really picked up and gone for it. And this, just to say this now, uh, and every one of them has been hammered. There's been sickness. There's been evil stalking. There's been some very brutal stuff online. There's just, you wouldn't imagine now the dirty devil's tactics. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. intimidate people who are leading the charge and taking territory. And so we just got to keep standing, covering, prayerfully, putting our armor, because... The devil is a liar from the beginning. We've unmasked him and his, I was going to say his lousy shots, forgive me. His dirty, horrible junk that he points at and throws at. We've never come here because we're good. We've never come here because we're experts. We've not arrived in this place because, well, you know, we deserve it. We're here by the grace of God, utterly dependent upon Him, and the goodness of the Lord is our reward. And we come on that basis and that basis alone. We are adjusting character as the Spirit changes us, yes. But when the devil picks up, we give him no room. He's not allowed a voice. He's an accuser. He's a liar. He's a stalker. He's an intimidator. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right now, stand with me. We're just going to poke him one more time in the eye and say, get off this place. Get off our leaders, those that are leaders, and our workers, and our kids. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we stand the great victory. And at the cross, you destroyed him who has the power of death. You divested him of any authority that he thought he had. And Lord Jesus, we come to you now through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the word of God, and through our faith. We overcome that enemy by the word of our prayer and confession this morning. In Jesus Christ. We say, get off our leaders, get off our children, get off our people, and you have no room in this place. This place is dedicated to God. Long before we walked in here. When we walked in here today, we brought in the Spirit of God in us, and it's being re-inhabited for the purposes of God. And so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too, very positively, dedicate this house again to the Lord. We restore it to purpose, and oh God, help us to outgrow it and to wonder what to do next. Because God, this is going to be a place of blessing. That's right. all the folks who have led in this meeting has already said, a place of great faith. Just, just, just because you can. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
you know, we all want to do something. People up here and like that. It's uh, it's so good. Pull back again. If I pull back, just believe it's the spirit. Don't rescue me. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. All right, I'm gonna. I've got to preach, right? I mean, hey, Bridget, I keep looking up at the clock, but my hands aren't fixed on that thing yet. Uh, I need to put that one up, up a little higher on the list. Uh, yeah, just adjust it there. Yeah, no. You're gonna have to get out. I'm not gonna throw some gaudy movie up behind us, are they? Oh, Lord. You know, we start at 10.30, that means we've got at least a 12 to preach, right? Okay, so let's do that here uh, this morning. And uh, I want to kind of start, you can throw my time up there. Uh, the prophetic word is the daytimer of our God who remembers. Remember the, the daytimer um, diaries, anybody? Yes. Had one of those before? Yeah, yeah, yeah still got one. Uh, I think they have an online version now. But anyway, um, uh, the prophetic word is the daytimer of... Our God, who remembers. Over the next, uh, you know, couple of meetings, I don't know really, I, I, you know, with so much excitement, I might jump to something else halfway through a meeting. But um, uh, <laughs> let, let, me just, let me just hope and put it out there that over the next period of time, um, I want to unfold some of the journey into this place. A lot of which you've heard in different sections, you know, but I want to piece it together in a series, um, and I hope it's being recorded, is it? Um, for Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, I look down at those guys. They're going to have two wives these days. <laughs> it's here. But, um, you know, we're going to uh, just keep it and uh, put it out there for people who are coming into the family who may well know our history. But this is an amazing journey. And if I didn't get emotional here this morning, it's because so much of our life has been in this. As you can see on the slide... Perhaps. But God set this date today in 1986. God put in his daytimer an appointment for us. I didn't know you then. I knew my wife. We had some kids. I'm not sure if there's anybody else in the room that I did, Josh. No, I didn't. Didn't even know Josh. <laughs> <laughs> but God set a date for us. March the 4th, 2018. Put all our names into his daytimer. The time of the meeting, everything. God set a date for us. Earlier in that year, 1986, and you know the story so well, so I'm not going deeper into it today. We'll touch on it at length at another meeting. But in that year, God spoke to me out of Jeremiah 32, and I just want to read verse 8 and 15. Then Hanamel, my cousin, came to me in the court of the guard, in accordance with the word of the Lord, and said to me, By my field that is at Anathoth. Anathoth means the, the field of answered prayer. By into the field of answered prayer. In that day, the, the day of Jeremiah, the field of answered prayer was occupied by an invading army. Something that belonged to God 
was under the hand of occupation army, occupation forces and squatters that didn't belong there. I hope you've seen the metaphors. Mm -hmm. But God says, Jeremiah, you've got to make a purchase on that. He couldn't go and take it, he couldn't live on it, he couldn't retrieve it, he couldn't fight as a one-man army against the invaders, the Chaldeans. But he had to make a purchase on it because he had the right, there's a better way of saying it in the biblical sense, he had the responsibility of purchasing it. His heritage in the law, the Hebrew law, gave him a responsibility to keep that which is dedicated to God in the house of God, in the family of God. And so the prophet had this visitation of the Lord, and the word said, for the right of possession and redemption is yours, buy it for yourself. Then I knew, <coughs> excuse me, that this was the word of the Lord, but thus says the Lord. There's a big prophetic statement. You always tell people who were filled with the Holy Spirit got the gift of prophecy in the latter rain revival and subsequent charismatic, early charismatics. You always started a prophecy with, thus saith the Lord. And you knew that they were still reading the King James Version of the Bible and singing a lot quieter songs. But thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again, look at the word again, shall again, shall again. There's coming a day. Where all this that's been taken from you and to be taken from the, the proprietary or the, the ownership of the people of God, all this that's being squattered on, all this that's being occupied, there shall come a day when this will be retrieved and brought back to its proper place and right. back to its proper people and back to its proper people. Yes. That's right. Seventy something years later. A few of them started to dribble back into the vicinity of Jerusalem and Anathoth. And around that time, 70 to 100 years, after the Jeremiah prophecy, after Jeremiah, there comes another prophet. His name is Zechariah. And in Zechariah 1, Verse 1, I'm going to read 1, verse 1, and 9, verse 12. It says this. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. And off goes the rest of the book, or what we have as a book. And in chapter 9, verse 12, it's part of that prophecy. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare... That I will restore to you double. You know that prophetic moment of Zechariah's coming as a prophet is indicative of the divine memory that God doesn't forget. The fact that he turns up as they are turning, as they are coming, returning back. And he begins to prophesy at that season, at the beginning of the restoration, to keep them going in what they were coming back to do, to get it fully done. Is indicative of the, of the divine memory. God did not forget his word to Jeremiah. 
God had not forgotten. Long years had passed. This and that had happened. But in Jeremiah 32, he said, you're coming back again and you will have houses, lands, and vineyards. And then Zechariah turns up in the 70 to 100 year bracket later. And he himself is a sign from God that God does not forget. Because his name means Jehovah remembers. Jehovah remembers. And when he walked in, or when he just sort of stood up, he was probably he was a priest, a priest and prophet. When he when he begins begins to open his mouth, God remembers, reminds the people that God does not forget just by doing what he was doing. I was sitting last weekend at a table with a professor from a university in Calgary. An amazing man who is a spirit-filled man who travels the world like an Indiana Jones going into archaeological sites and historic sites. And um, uh, uh, he has a whole course and program called Ancient Paths. Outstanding gentleman and his wife having lunch with them. And I was sharing the journey of how Jeremiah 32 got into our hearts and how we came here in the 1980s and then left with that text on our hearts after a very singular incident uh, a week or so before we left. And I'll get to that very soon. And, um, and uh, then I talked about the journey of how we found that word again later in our, uh, our own journey and almost 20 years later or something, 15 years later, and we end up back here based upon that same word, and we saw the word again, and that's initially I come again to this land, and never have a clue what it's all about, really, except that we're responding to the word. Well, I'm talking to him about what happened here when we found this building, and, and the fact that we found under the stage a, a little booklet written by Pastor Green Baxter, and uh, which is, you know, we'll talk about it at another point, people let you look at it. <laughs> But in all that journey, he just blurts out and he says, it's the divine memory. God has not forgotten what you've done. And he says, you've dug up your title deeds. Wow. Now, I haven't gone into all explanations, but he was talking out of mm. I mean, Thanks, Prof. Wow. Sparked in me this thought to share with you this morning. The prophetic word is the daytime of our God who remembers. Beautiful. You know, in the passage of time, we can forget a word. We can forget a promise. There's, there's, there's just events, things happen. You know, good circumstances and bad can take away a promise from us. The good circumstances for us was we went back to Australia with that word, not fully aware of how the word could explode again and come again another time. After an event, which I'll talk about in just a minute, we went back home to Australia and planted a church in the course of time on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland where the whole world goes for holidays. <laughs> yes. 
We had to avoid that if you walk down the sidewalks, the squashed mangoes falling off the trees. We had the city council who would cut off the coconut so it wouldn't hurt beach goers. You know this divine something like that? We lived in that. We had a prayer meeting running for nearly a decade at a lighthouse, an outdoor prayer meeting every Tuesday morning, 6.30. I cannot think of one day that we cancelled it because of inclement weather. <laughs> we might have had a bit of wind and we pushed ourselves up against the lighthouse as the rain came from the other direction, but hardly ever. I'm only trying to create a picture. Good circumstances. A church growing in revival and a real blessed ministry season for us. And you go, I don't want that again. You know that other again that said you'd come back here again? We would. <laughs> but you know, you're always got to surrender to the purpose of God. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to tell you is we sometimes forget, but God doesn't. Yeah. And then God comes again either through resurrecting the promise or the word of the Lord comes a second time. Now, I just quoted a whole bunch of scriptures. The word of the Lord came a second time. And that's indicative that God has not forgotten. And when he brings the word back, the divine memory is revealed itself. God is up to something. It reminds us of his promise. Not only, not only does when the word of the Lord comes a second time or comes back, not only is it God's revealing God's memory, but it's also hastening the day of fulfillment. When there comes a prophetic storm, when it seems to come from nowhere, off the billboard, off the license plate in front of you, off the radio, off the TV, off grandma's card view at Christmas with a text on it, you help sign a rice, Jeremiah 32. You know, whichever way and you're reading and you're sitting in your chair in your morning hour crying out to God when, when the intercessor taps you on the shoulder and says I've got your name written next to this Graham 2001 and when the, when the text starts coming back at you and the prophetic storms onto you God is hastening the day now God's quickness uh, might be 16 years <laughs> 70 years. But you know, when it starts to happen, it's all too fast. I mean, you talk to Mike. Talk to anybody who's been working to get stuff done on a deadline here. It, when it starts to happen, it's too fast. It, it's, it, it's like, well, why do you want us, God? But he said, I have been for a long time. <laughs> that happens to you, it happens to me. I'm, 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 I'm alerting you, I'm tuning your ear, hopefully, by the the word and what we're preaching, to become aware of the prophetic seasons of your own life. Divine memory is sure and it's long, but it's unremitting. He won't back down, sounding like an Aussie rock song. (laughs) God doesn't back down on his word. You've got promises, you've got prophecies. They may have been 16, 20, 70. Your grandma might have had it for you. But God won't back down. He's unremitting. 
on his promises. They may be conditional, but that's all part of the promise. Psalm 105 says this in verse 8, He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. <laughs> My professor friend in Calgary, because he's deeply tuned to history, he's a reminder to me that all history is the slow development of God's purposes. It's a slow development of God's purposes. God is always outplaying his will in his hand. And we can get with the program because we hear the prophetic word. We can get into what God is doing because we're in the season of listening and hearing and receiving and responding. We don't have to be outside of the program of God. I want to encourage you to watch for the prophetic indicators in your own life, as we have had such a wonderful lesson or season in this church and a lesson to be learned by our journey into this building. This church has been built on a prophetic journey. It's been built on the word of the Lord coming to us. It's been built on us hearing. It's been built on us receiving, responding, praying, praying, holding on to, and trusting, and believing in a God who's overseeing his word to perform it. Praise God. But I'm asking you to watch for those prophetic indicators of divine memory. Look at, look at this uh, psalm again, Psalm 105. Uh, just reading verse 4. Keep your eyes open to God. This is the message, but keep, keep looking. Um, keep your eyes open to God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. Which reminds me, some new signs are going to go up on the building soon. <laughs> signs will appear. Come on. No one on the social media. Signs will appear. But this is what God says. They will appear. Signs will appear, people. Now look, I, 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 there's always some creepy, whoppy weirdo who's getting a sign about something dumb. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> you were awesome. Don't spoil yourself. You're so amazing. But you know, there are there are, you know people get led by this and led by that. You know, and you go, oh god, you're a god's fax machine. The rest of us don't get anything like that. I, mean, I do it like once a year, maybe. And you've got somebody who's talking every morning about a new leader. You know. And I just saw this, just saw that, read this, and then, ooh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I better be careful, haven't I? But, uh, 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 you know, uh, there's, there's a guy who, in the early days of the church, would phone me up. Yeah, just, just listen. You know, he's, I just saw your name on the billboard. Is it my name? Oh, well, yeah, it is. Uh, French Constructions from Australia. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it, that when you're in that prophetic storm, when you're in that prophetic moment, and you are, you are moving into the hastening of the day uh, time, Things begin to speak. And then you're looking at all the way. 
You sit down with a professor and try to tell them the journey and try to unweirdize the journey. <laughs> and then he comes out, it's the divine memory. It's the divine memory and you've just dug up your title leaf and I go, well, thank you. From an academic like you, I receive that. And I'm not that weird. But absolutely, listen, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. Remember the world of wonders he has made, his miracles, and the verdicts he's rendered. Decisions are going in our favor. Verdicts. City Hall says this. We do not want any more churches taking over commercial properties in this CBD. Oh, all that looking, all that effort, all that cost that we put into that. And then they just have a little throwout line, kind of. You probably need, I think it was probably on the instigation of Nappy, wouldn't let them off the hook. <laughs> so, what do we do then? Well, you probably need to look at existing church buildings. Well, you know, you don't get knocking on doors of churches and say, Can you sell me your building? <laughs> <laughs> But then that reminded us that quite some years ago we were speaking in this very church that there are buildings dedicated to God that God is going to retrieve back for his purpose. And that a former generation who had paid the price, who had sacrificed, who had painted every nook and cranny, who had paid for every chair, who had prayed and walked their own prophetic journey to get a building, whether it's the one across the road or the cathedral downtown. These buildings were built and bought by holy men and women of God who walked with God in faith for a city, and God blessed them to plant them, to give them an effective house for the, the sake of a city. And so when we walk in here today, ka the prophetic word from the council, the city hall. Look for an existing church. All the signs, all the, the verdicts. Isn't that how I said it there? Isn't that amazing? The verdicts he's read that God worked through them. And we found it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Mir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just moving on in the same text. O seed of Abraham, his servant, a child of Jacob is chosen. He's God, our God, in charge of the whole earth. And he remembers. Remembers his covenant for a thousand generations. He's been as good as his word. God is as good as his word. And he remembers, people, he remembers you. The divine memory is intimate and it's long. I said I was going to tell you about a little incident that happened back in 1986. You see, I was at a conference down in the States with some men from the lower mainland from a past history that we both shared, but we were in different movements at that time. And that past history was a link with Dr. Ern Baxter. And um, these men were my senior 
uh, another generation above me, I was in my 30s, they were probably nearing their 60s, but not in their 60s. And I had coffee with Vern Wilson, pastor of White Rock Christian Fellowship. And we got to know each other quite well. And um, here in my diary, behind those words, in 1986, in my daytime, since I had coffee with Bert Wilson and his wife, he was very genial and open and friendly to me. He spoke to me about his appreciation for Ern and how that he wants to turn his noise off. How that he wants to see Ern fulfill something in his life in the Vancouver area. Bird believes Aaron should come back to the area to live and finish his days being a father in the Lord amongst the churches of the area. And he's working to get him up for the Christian Ministers Association next year. Out of that conversation, I was asked whether I could be the go-between between Pastor Aaron and these former sons of the faith and that I could see if I could bring them back together as they had over the years, just separated somehow in connection. And they knew that I was walking in relationship with this wonderful, amazing man of God. So, in the week or so before I left, I was able to facilitate that moment in the office of Pastor Mel Davis out in Surrey and at Bible Fellowship, what was then Bible Fellowship. And what you don't fully all know is that this church, this building, released some of those sons of faith into their ministries, into the lower mainland. And maybe some of you don't even know that Eric Baxter got this whole building in the late 50s and early 60s to establish a second phase of this ministry because in some decade before this, there's a great big church up here that's been turned into uh, apartment on Quebec Street. It's got lovely turrets on it and a steeple. That was the, the, the evangelistic tabernacle, and he made that the largest Pentecostal church in Vancouver before he went as a stadium preacher teaching the Word of God with the great healing evangelist, William Brown. But when he came back to the city after a time of rest, he established this place. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You see, God set an appointment. I've got to quickly finish because we've got to have communion, but there's no movie going to come on, so I'm not feeling <laughs> But the divine memory. Look at this as we go on with that psalm down to verse 41. He opened the rock and water poured out. It flowed like a river through the desert. All because he remembered his covenant, his promise to Abraham. His promise to the former generation. His promise to the Father. His promise to his servant. Remember this. Now he's telling us. He led his people out singing for joy. His chosen people marched singing their hearts out. He made them a gift of the country they entered. Helped them seize the wealth of the nation so they could do everything he told them and could follow his instructions to the letter. Hallelujah! The professor got it right. He said, what you did then, God never forgot. When you reunited the father and the faith with his sons, you healed the breach. And God never forgot. God never forgets. Now, folks, 
I started saying it a moment ago, but the divine memory is intimate and it's long. Our self-righteous efforts don't get us anywhere with God. And there is one thing that God can forget and does, and that is when we repent, he forgets our sins. Jeremiah 31, 36 says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So he can forget by choice. But while he doesn't get bought out by our self-righteous acts, anything we do in faith and in compliance with the will of God and the Spirit, a righteous act, God never forgets. The good things that you do out of a holy love for Jesus and a walk of God never forgets. He's not forgotten your giving. He didn't forget that moment when I said to Vern Wilson, yes, I'll do something, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And we created a, a bit of momentum towards something that brought brothers back together and gave Ern his latter-day inheritance, if you like, among those that he loved so much, so much for so long. He was 11 verse 6, God says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. He's a rewarder yeah. of you and me. He's not forgotten your giving. You know, when God, when the Holy Spirit uh, starts to pour out, well, I've got to get this right, uh, it's when the angel comes to Peter to tell him to go down to the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, because he's going, God's going to kind of do a number on Peter because Peter's so stuffed up with his own uh, racial prejudice. Um, he's not going to go into a Gentile's house, not have a meal or anything. And God does the, the number on him, and he gets down there. But the angel tells Peter, just understand this, that I have, this is the, I'll quote it out of the, the Acts chapter 10 verse 4. This, this is what the angel said to Cornelius. Peter's coming. And he says, because your prayers, this is a Gentile now, this is not a Jew, he's not even a proselyte. He says to Cornelius, as he's preparing him, he says, your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. God sees. God remembers. God will turn up. You can count on You've given, like a former generation, at this point, you've given, you've served the Lord, you've worked in charities, you've done. It's not karma. No way. It's not fate. No way. Reap what you sow is not like, if I do this, God will do that. You can't put God under a mechanistic, legalistic approach. But when you exercise faith and faithfulness towards the will of God, even without really being conscious of it, when you do something unto the Lord in spirit, heart, and attitude, God notices. God remembers. And God says to Cornelius, it's come up like a memorial to him. Praise God. You see, Galatians 6, and I'm finishing with this text. Galatians 6, 6 to 10 says, Let the one who's taught in the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God does not mock, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. 
Let's not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Yeah. Now, my big point in reading that is not about giving to a servant of the Lord. My big point of doing that is your little act unto the Lord at this level reaps eternal rewards. Now, in case you stuff that all back up into heaven, eternal is a qualitative word. Right. So what it's saying there is this little finite act of giving or this little limited thing that you do that I do unto the Lord your faithfulness to him and in faith to him when God looks down when you sit down with a man of God says oh you want to be reunited with your spiritual father and these guys and you go yeah you don't know but what's happening is the Lord who remembers goes there's going to be exponential results at this moment there's going to be eternal results Exponential. It's going to go ballistic. My purposes are being served mm-hmm. here and now. Your prayer, your giving. God sees. God remembers. And he writes it in his daytime. Mm. Come the year, come the day, come the date. He's opening the book. You get a few little reminder cards from text that sounds familiar. A verse, a proposition, would you go to Vancouver find a church for us? <laughs> things begin to number. And then somewhere in the journey you go, oh, that's part of what this is all about. And so I just need to tell you that it's bigger than you and it's bigger than me. That's right. And it's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. We've just got into the flow of a God history yeah. that is overseeing to fulfill yeah. the word. Probably Pastor Ern had that word in Probably people were long before that did, but we certainly know God has had intentions for this city. Yes. Yes. Amen. Would you stand up with me? We're going to share the Oh, Jesus. Did you see that in that text? If we don't give up, if we don't give up, if we don't give up. Don't grow weary of doing good. Just keep doing it. Keep giving. Mm-hmm. Keep praying. Keep sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it unto the Lord. If we don't give up, do you see them? We're ready. Get those guys ready to get the red wine out. What we're going to do is we're just going to thank Jesus. Uh-huh. That he's remembered his word. That he's remembered us. I'm going to thank him for the cross because the entry point for us into all that God has is what he's done for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Just share that out. Red wine. Thank you, Father. We're reading as this is going around, we were reading in the psalm that God keeps his covenant, remembers his covenant. To a thousand generations, we 
Very often God uses round figures like ten and a hundred and a thousand as an expression of overwhelming, beyond numbering, intent. A thousand generations actually is not just one thousand generations, it's every generation. And God remembers his covenant. What Jesus has done for us and provided for us, we celebrate at this table. And we remember. But here's this wonderful inversion. When we remember, we provoke God's memory. He says, as you do this, I'll stand by. All the provision and all the promises are made available to us in Jesus Christ. Revelation 19, it says that the prophetic word is the testimony of Jesus, the speaking of Jesus. That's why I'm not too inclined about prophecies that don't come from an overflowing heart that's in love with Jesus. Fortune tellers won't do. Intuitive, strange sensing people who sometimes get it right won't do. Because I'm into following the word and the will of the Lord. And I believe that Jesus has led us this far. And as this is our great day of celebration, coming to a little end right now, but as we do, we say thank you, thank you. So on the night that he took bread, he broke it. So this is my body. Take and eat it. Because when we remember, we provoke God's memory. And He is faithful to His covenant. Let's eat it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We come right now. We give you thanks. Thank you, God. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the purchase price of all this that you've done for us, our salvation, our healing. The goodness of God in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord, that you bring us into a large place of blessing. Thank you, God, that you give us a hope and a future. Thank you, God, that we have names written down in eternity. Yeah, thank you, Lord. God, you're hovering over us. You've got angels taking care of us. You put your spirit, you reside within us, Lord. It's, it's, it's all so immense and so unbelievable. But it comes back to the condition that you became one of us to purchase our way into the world. And we hold this bread this morning as emblematic of the body of Christ. And we receive it now. Thank you for it, Let's
Absolute verification. God will keep his word. That your salvation, that his grace will be unabated. Because of your faith when you remember him. He remembers you. Thank you, God. We take this cup right now and drink it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious to all this world. Amen. We need that band to come. We need to go to the river. Thanks for listening. For more information, join us online at c3b.ca.